good morning. This morning's message is changing our pictures. This morning, I'm going to talk to you about the seed of God's word and how it can change the way we see ourselves and the way we see God. All of us have internal pictures of who we are and of who God is. And those pictures determine what kind of fruit comes forth in our lives. So often believers see themselves as unworthy, undelivered, unhealed, unprosperous, unacceptable, unforgiven, alone, abandoned, without strength, without faith, without help, without hope, and sometimes even without God. These are really bad pictures. <laughs> and they do not reflect the truth of who God is or who we are in him. And so often believers see God as distant from us, silent to us, or angry at us. <laughs> it matters what our picture of God looks like. And I believe that's one of the reasons why God the Father sent Jesus, his son, wrapped in humanity. Because overall, humanity's idea of God was all messed up. <laughs> and unfortunately, it still is. God knows that what our internal pictures look like. He knows what they look like. He knows how we see. And he also knows what he wants to change about those pictures. The truth is, we cannot change our own pictures. Not to the extent that the picture will change us. But God can. In fact, that is exactly how he brings forth change in us and through us. He changes our inner picture. How? Through grace and the truth of his word, his logos. Jesus is the logos of God. He is the thoughts of God. He is the character of God. He is the plan of God. He is God expressed in his fullness to mankind. He is the logos. He is the word. When we understand what all of that means, and it goes from something we know in our head to something we know in our heart, it's because the picture changed. His communication expressed through Jesus, the Holy Spirit, and the Word is what changes us. Jesus painted pictures for people all of the time by telling them parables. The last time I ministered, we looked at the parable of the sower. Today, we're going to look at the parable of the growing seed. This parable is only found in the Gospel of Mark, and it's beginning with verse 26, where it says this, And he, Jesus, said, So is the kingdom or realm of God as if a man should cast seed into the ground. The words, so is, means in the same way as. So to understand what Jesus is talking about, we first need to understand what he just said before that. So let's look at what came before, beginning in verse 21. And he, Jesus, said to them, Is a lamp brought in to be put under a basket or under a bed and not on a stand? Jesus is talking about the revelation of truth as pictured by light, and how light reveals what was previously hidden in the dark. Verse 22, For nothing is hidden except to be made manifest, nor is anything secret except to come to light. Jesus is talking about the truth of who he is and his real mission. This scripture is not about sin. I've heard people use it that way. Oh, nothing hidden, you know, it's going to come to light. This has nothing to do with sin and everything to do with Christ. <laughs> the scripture is not about sin. He's talking about the revelation of the hidden truth of him in the Old Covenant scriptures. That's all they had. 
But who he was and what he was going to come to do was hidden for them, not from them. Much like a parable, the truth of who he was and is could be made apparent to them through the Old Testament scriptures. Jesus was the lamp that brought the light, grace, and truth that enabled them to see that he was definitely the one who was to come. He was the Messiah himself. But too many of them had a wrong picture of what the Messiah was going to be like and what exactly he was going to accomplish. Their picture included an exterior kingdom instead of an interior one. Their picture included Rome being overtaken and Israel being in control. But God's picture included a new covenant with God ruling and reigning not over them, but with them from inside of them. So Jesus continues in verse 23. If anyone has ears, let him hear, which is a funny thing to say, because doesn't everybody have ears? <laughs> but not everybody hears what the Spirit is saying. So he says, if anyone wants the truth and revelation, they can have it. It's free for the taking. And he said to them, pay attention to what you hear. With the measure you use, it will be measured to you, and still more will be added to you. For to the one who has, more will be given. And from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. What is he talking about? Light and truth. This is about receiving the light and truth that Jesus is talking about. If we accept the truth as the truth, then more light and truth will be given to us. In other words, our pictures on the inside of us will continue to change to come into alignment with that truth. The truth of who we are and the truth of all that Jesus has done and all that he is. For Jesus' audience, it was the truth that he was a long-awaited Messiah, that he really was sent from God. And if they accepted that truth, they had to accept that truth first. You can't go to high school until you go to kindergarten. <laughs> you have to accept the foundation before God can give us more. So Jesus' audience had to accept that he was the Messiah first, that he really was from God. And if they accepted that truth, then more light and truth would follow. But if they rejected that truth, there wasn't any more light available, and their understanding would become darkened. He's talking about the revelation and the light. If we don't accept what is true, we can't get beyond that. We lose even what we thought we had. So the in the same way that Jesus is talking about is the truth that receiving light and truth begets more light and truth. <laughs> the more we receive and use, the more he will provide. The more truth we have and understand, the more truth that we can then apprehend and grow into. In verse 26, he continues, And he, Jesus, said, So is, in the same way that light begets light and truth begets truth, so is the kingdom of God, the spiritual realm of God, as if a man should cast seed in the ground. The logos of God, that's the seed, the understanding and truth and revelation and communication of God himself. We saw when I last ministered that we as believers are already beautiful ground. We are already good dirt. <laughs> God can grow his truth in us because he has made us good. We can grow in the revelation of what's true about us and about Jesus. Jesus has made us the good dirt, and good dirt can produce and bring forth the fruit of whatever communication of God is being revealed through the Holy Spirit. 
Sometimes you need to hear God in a certain situation, but wrong pictures prevent us from receiving what we think we hear God saying. God was telling them, God had told them throughout the old scripture, Christ would come and he, this is the Messiah and this is what he's going to be doing. But because they could not change their picture and would not let Jesus change it for them, they never received their Messiah. Until this day, the Jews are still waiting for the Messiah who has already come. Verse 27. And should sleep and rise night and day, and the seed should spring up, and he knoweth not how. Jesus is speaking from a natural point of view to reveal a spiritual point of view. The seed itself, which is the Logos of God, has the power and life in itself to produce the life of Christ in us and through us. Not because of our hard or good works, but because of his grace. Jesus is sowing seed regarding the truth of the spiritual kingdom and God's way of operating in that realm or kingdom. For Jesus' audience, it meant accepting that Jesus was the long-awaited Messiah. For us, that means initially receiving Jesus as Savior. But it also means that the logos, or the communication of God to us, is a seed that can reproduce the life of God in us within this beautiful ground that he's made us without the self-effort of the sower. What God does in us with his word is not something we can do for ourselves. It isn't our self-effort that brings change. We can plant the word of God. That doesn't change us. We have to have the Holy Spirit turn the light on that word so that we can see what it really is about. The word tells us that the word of God is spiritually discerned. And if we don't have the Holy Spirit, we won't be able to properly discern what the Word says. Farmers don't make seeds grow. We get real impatient with ourselves, you see. We see the truth that in the Word, I'm healed. And we go, I'm healed. Come on, ta-da. Come on. Thinking we're making something happen. We don't make anything happen. (laughs) But the seed of God's Word, God's truth, goes to work in us to change that picture. Because I can say I am healed all day long, but if my picture still believes I'm sick, what I'm going to live out is what I truly believe. I can know the truth of God in my head all day long, but until something happens and it transfers into my heart where I know that I know that I know, that truth in our head will not change our outside. God is the one who makes that truth grow on the inside of us. We plant a seed in the dark. We can't see what it's doing. (laughs) We can't see that it needs sunlight and water and maybe some manure. (laughs) We can't see what it needs and what it's doing. God's word is very much like that. We plant it in us, but in the dark, God is at work. God is inside of us changing the picture about what we truly believe, not just in our head, but in our heart. For years, I attended a church where on Sunday nights we had testimony service. And more times than I can count, they would say, this happened, and I went to God, and then suddenly, what I knew was true the whole time, fell down into my heart and became real. And because it became real, it came forth. There is a difference between what we know in our head is true and what we have embraced and what God has revealed to our heart. So we don't make seeds grow. 
the Holy Spirit, he makes them grow. Now, what farmers do is they plant and sometimes they water. But then the seeds do what seeds were designed to do. They grow and eventually produce fruit. It's the work of God in our dirt. The seed or the word of God already has the life in itself to produce a particular harvest. What kind of seeds do you need to plant? Some of us need to plant healing seeds because we know the truth here, but it's not producing in our life. We know the truth, but nothing's changing. That truth has the ability, because it's God's word, has the ability to change within us even when we can't see that it's actually working. Because sometimes, you know, we have a scripture, we have a a word from God, and we quote it, and we know it, and we stand on it, and then we say, okay, why aren't you doing anything, God? You just dug up your seed (laughs) and said, it's not working, because you can't see it. We assume because we can't see what God is doing that he's not doing anything, which is the farthest thing from the truth. God has to produce the truth of that word, that revelation, in us first, before we'll see it in our natural realm. God obviously also provides, I like this, sunshine, S-O-N, sunshine, the light of who he is, because he is the light of God, and the reign of the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit washes away our stinking thinking and our really bad pictures with his word, which then nourishes the seed of his truth, and it is able to grow that truth to maturity full fruit. Verse 28, for the earth, remember that's us, good dirt, beautiful ground, for the earth bringeth forth fruit of herself, first the blade, then the ear, then the full corn in the ear. The word translated bringeth forth fruit is the Greek word karpophoreo. It means to be fertile, either literally or figuratively. Now the word fertile in English is usually used in connection with the ground or with women. (laughs) It refers to ground that grows whatever seed is planted, both easily and abundantly. So we are God's dirt. We can. We have the ability to grow God's word easily and abundantly. The two words of herself is the Greek word automatos, and it means self-moved or automatic, spontaneous. Because we are good dirt, the truth of God's word can come forth really quickly. We can plant the seed today and get a harvest tomorrow. Not always, but sometimes. (laughs) God isn't bound to seed time and harvest. Sometimes he says, you plant it today, you believe me, and tomorrow it comes up. We have to let him, though, do the work in us and bring forth that different picture. So our dirt, which is our heart, when it has both light and water, will automatically or spontaneously cause a seed or a truth to grow of its own accord. Receiving the truth of who God is and who we are in him changes the internal pictures that we have and that we operate from. We live in accordance to what we really believe in our heart. Our beautiful ground knows what to do to bring forth the word of God in our lives. It knows how to process the seed and help it to grow to maturity. And when it reaches maturity, it can then be easily harvested. It can be easily manifested in our lives. But for most of us, it usually takes time for that truth to grow and to change our internal pictures. Because while we have the true picture of what God says we are and what he's done for us, 
there's all these other pictures coming at us all the time. Our body says, you are sick. <laughs> the doctor gives you reports and says, you are sick. There's all these other pictures coming in. Satan will be happy to give you lots and lots of bad pictures of who you are and of who your father is. So for most of us, it takes time for that truth to grow to the point where we have a harvest. Verse 29, but when the fruit is brought forth, immediately he put it in the sickle because the harvest is come. For Jesus' listeners, the harvest was the truth that Jesus really was from God. Just like Nicodemus has said, Nicodemus told Jesus that he knew he was from God because no one could do the things he was doing unless God was with him. But Jesus didn't fit his picture of a Messiah. He had a hard time believing Jesus was who he was. His picture had to be turned, changed, made completely different from what he originally thought. It was the truth and understanding that led to more and more truth and understanding that eventually led them to know Jesus not just as their Messiah, but as their God, their Lord, and their Savior. They would never have believed in him as God, Lord, and Savior if they hadn't first believed he was the Messiah, the Anointed One, the one they had been waiting for. Their revelation grew, truth upon truth, understanding upon understanding. Their picture of Jesus changed more and more as the truth was revealed to them. And as for us, as New Covenant believers, the Word of God works very much the same way. The truth and understanding of who Jesus is, in his fullness, sets the groundwork for more truth and understanding, which can bring us into greater revelations of who Jesus is in us and what he has done for us. God's Word has the ability to change the pictures we have on the inside. The pictures of God and the pictures of ourselves, but it takes time. First the blade, then the ear, then the full corn in the ear. But sometimes on the inside of us, we have a blade and we're mad because we don't have fruit and we quit. We quit watering that seed. We quit sowing more seed of the same kind. Because we haven't seen a harvest, we sometimes quit and we cut off our harvest too early. <laughs> now this reminds me of how the Holy Spirit led me to receive my healing of fibromyalgia about five years ago. I knew the truth of the healing was in the atonement. I knew the scriptures. I was convinced in my mind of the truth that God wanted me well. But the truth up until that time had not brought forth the fruit of that truth. I was believing I was healed as hard as I could possibly believe. But it, well, I wasn't experiencing the healing. It seemed the harvest simply would not come. <laughs> so I asked the Lord about it. And one of the first things he said to me is, keep believing. You see, I had planted the seed. It was at work. It was having to fight through my doubts, fight through my fears, fight through how I felt, fight how I saw myself. But it was still growing. So he says, don't throw away your confidence in my word because of what you see or feel in the natural realm, which is exactly how the enemy gets us to give up. He says, keep trusting that God and his word are at work in you and that he is going to continue to change that internal picture. So that when you say, I am healed, you don't have to say, when, Lord, when. That's what I always ended up saying. God, I know I'm healed. I know I'm healed. When, God, when. You see, my picture hadn't changed. Because if my picture had changed and I had seen the truth that I am healed, I wouldn't have asked when God went. 
Because I was asking when God when, I had not been able to apprehend the truth in its entirety. It was growing. It was getting bigger. And then one day, bam, I went to church and prayed with my pastor, went back to my chair, and the power of God did not come down on top of me. The power of God came up and out of me. And God said to me in my ear, you can stop taking your medication for fibromyalgia. You know what? I didn't feel one bit different. Oh, but my picture changed. Instantly, my picture changed. I had to decide to still stand on the truth of his word until the full fruit came. But I was at full fruit and just needed to be harvested. (laughs) And God is the one who brings the harvest. All we do is let him. (laughs) All we do is let him. It sounds so easy, but it seems to be so hard to do. we got to change our internal picture. Well, God does anyway. Our brains believe that what we feel and experience is more true and more real than what we say we believe. Our heart, which is our mind, will, and emotions, can be changed to the point that what God says to us is more real and more true than what we feel or experience. Our experience is not our reality. It may be factual, but it's not our reality. The truth is, if we plant the seed of God's word in our heart, it goes to work for us. But remember, it's not just the truth we hear, but the truth we use. The truth we embrace, the truth we let the Holy Spirit water, the truth we let the light of Christ shine on. We do this by continuing to have relationship and communication with the Logos of God, through his written word and through the Holy Spirit. Light and truth beget more light and truth. We use the truth to change the internal picture from what we are currently feeling or experiencing to what God says is already true about us. Now, we can't do this by ourselves. I am a word of faith girl. I tried for years to make stuff happen by quoting the scripture. I will make this happen. I will make my faith do this. I, not a work of my hands. His work, his word does the work in us. It isn't our effort at trying so hard to make, I will be healed, I will be healed. No, it doesn't work. <laughs> That's self-effort. We need the truth of God's word and the leading of the Holy Spirit to truly renew our minds. Renewal doesn't happen with just information. It comes from the revelation. It's when the light goes on and we go, oh, it was there the whole time and I didn't even see it. I read that scripture a million times. All of a sudden, bam, the light goes on. Revelation happens. You didn't make that happen. God made that happen. It's his work in us. And he loves to do it. He's a good farmer. (laughs) He loves to bring forth life in us. So it's the revelation that really changes our internal pictures but it's those internal pictures that will eventually change our outside lives. 1 Thessalonians 5, verses 23 and 24, it says this. This is in the Murdoch translation, and I want you to see it. It says this, And may the God of peace and prosperity. In the Greek, when you look at this word, it always says, and prosperity. (laughs) It always says he is the God of peace and prosperity. Sanctify you all perfectly, and keep blameless your whole spirit, your soul, and your body till the coming of the Lord Jesus Messiah. 
faithful is he that called you, who will do it? <laughs> who does it? <laughs> he does it. He does it in us. I like this translation, which is from the Aramaic, because it more accurately defines the separation between our spirit, our soul, and our body. We are made up of three compartments, if you will, spirit, soul, and body. We have a spirit man that is one spirit with Jesus and is already completely perfect. Now, we can say that <laughs> and say, I know that's the truth. I know on the inside I'm completely perfect in my Father's eyes, right? But believing it and acting on it is quite different. In 1 Corinthians 6.17, it says this, But he that is joined to the Lord is one spirit. Forever, I thought there was two of us in there. <laughs> Turns out there's more like uh, four of us in there. <laughs> Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Because you can't take Jesus out of the Father, and you can't take the Father out of the Spirit. So if you get Jesus, you get all three. But we're still all one. We do not have two separate spirits. This is really something that can change the way we understand ourselves. We are one spirit with Jesus, completely one. So that means whatever he is, is completely mixed up with whoever we are. <laughs> In Hebrews 12, verse 23, it says this. The author of Hebrews is speaking about the believers who have come to Jesus. And he says, you have come to the general assembly, the church of the firstborn, which are written in heaven, and to God, the judge of all, and to the spirits of just men made perfect. What is made perfect? Our spirit man. Our spirit man. You see, I tried for years to become perfect. Guess what? I never made it. I could never make myself good enough, long enough to become perfect. I didn't know I didn't have to. <laughs> I thought I had to do all the work. I thought I had to sanctify myself. I thought I had to do all the changing so that God would like me and love me and bless me. That's backwards. That's old covenant. Do to get. Do to become. New covenant. Brand new person on the inside. Perfectly perfect in Christ. Righteous no matter what I do. I am always right with God apart from my behavior. It is a gift of righteousness, not a reward of righteousness. He has made us right with himself. And doesn't matter what I do, that will never undo my right standing. Now, will he talk to you about what you're doing? Oh, yeah, because <laughs> he loves you. But it never changes who we are in him or in his sight. We have the spirits of just, righteous men made perfect. In Hebrews 10, 12, it says this, But this man, speaking of Jesus, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down on the right hand of God. Do you know how many people think Jesus is trading forgiveness for confession? If I confess my sins, Jesus will forgive me. No. <laughs> Jesus forgave you. You're only confessing because it came to your attention. <laughs> God already knew about it before you said it. God is not trading forgiveness. Forgiveness is a gift. It's not earned by our confession. It's not earned by our being really sad and really sorry and beating ourselves up for days. No, it's a free gift. And from henceforth, expecting till his enemies be made his footstool. For by one offering, Jesus hath perfected forever. Perfected forever. Perfected forever. <laughs> Them that are sanctified, set apart 
as his. That's what the word sanctify means. You see, do we have a role in sanctification? To a point. After we understand that we've already become his, because that's what sanctified means, separated unto him, his. When we become his, then as we live with him, we keep giving him more and more of his way. (laughs) All we do is cooperate. We don't sanctify ourselves. He does all of the sanctifying in us. Verse 15, whereof the Holy Ghost is also witness to us. For after that, he had said before, this is the covenant I will make with them after those days. After what days? Old covenant days, (laughs) saith the Lord. I will put my laws into their hearts. What is our heart? Our mind, will, and emotions. In their minds, deep thought, imagination, and understanding will I write them. And their sins and iniquities I will remember no more. Period. The laws that he writes are not the Mosaic laws, but the law of liberty, the law of love, and the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. These laws are only in effect in us through the person of Jesus and his finished work. It is not the old covenant that he's writing on our heart. It is his love for us. It is the truth of what he's done for us. It is the truth that we have been changed, that we are his. He writes all of that, and all of that writing on our understanding allows him to produce his life through us. Romans 8, 2 says, For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. We have been made free. Our life is in our spirit, which is completely united with Jesus. And he has made us free from the principle and power of sin, which brings forth death into our lives. But if we will let the Holy Spirit put the truth of these laws, Jesus' laws, the law of life in Christ Jesus, that law, that principle, into our mind and will and emotions, and into our deep thoughts and our imagination and our understanding, these truths will change our internal picture into the very likeness of Jesus which is exactly what it's supposed to look like. (laughs) When we really understand who and what we are, it will automatically or spontaneously bring forth change. Years ago, when I was a little kid, we lived up by San Francisco. And one of the things I loved to do is when we would go visiting, we would come back late at night. We had all four of my siblings, me and my siblings, in the back all laying down. Remember when there was no seatbelts? <laughs> and you laid in the back seat of the station wagon at night, and we would go over the San Francisco Bridge. I thought, that is the most awesome thing in the world. I loved it. But somewhere between age six or seven and 25, I got a different picture of going over bridges. My picture changed because when I was a kid, it was my favorite thing. But somewhere around age 25, I was sure I was going to drive off of a bridge into the water. It wasn't rational, but my picture changed. Every time I went over a bridge, I was white knuckling it. Jesus, in the name of Jesus, you're safe in the name of Jesus. <laughs> and I was like, Lord, this needs to change. <laughs> How do I change, Lord? How do I change? I went to the Word. Talk to me about this, Jesus. What do I do when I go over a bridge? He says, I uphold all things by the word of my power. Oh, good. Phew. (laughs) I'm so glad. So every time I went over a bridge, I was, (gasps) he upholds all things by the word of his power. He upholds all things by the word of his power. (laughs) I was changing my picture. 
One day, I don't know how much time went by, I went over a bridge, and the Lord said, <clears throat> yes, he goes, did you notice? What? Why aren't you afraid? Oh, I wasn't afraid anymore. My picture changed that he upholds all things by the word of his power, and it changed my life. That's the power of the word of God. When the light goes on and says, this bridge cannot fall down because my father's holding it up. <laughs> the word changes what comes out of it. And it happened without me recognizing it had come to fruit. I just kept watering it. I just kept adding the same kind of seed. The word of his power upholds all things. It changed me. That's the power of God's word, his seed in us. It happens spontaneously when we don't even know it's happening. It happens automatically. It grows. Because we can't see it, we often don't believe it. Have faith that it is doing what he's doing. We can see that in James chapter 1 that continuing to look into the perfect law of liberty is how we change our outside habits and actions. Beginning in verse 19 of James 1. Wherefore, my brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to wrath. For the wrath of man worketh or accomplishes not the righteousness of God. Now when it says the word of wrath, it means desire as reaching forth or excitement of the mind. That is by analogy, violent passion, ire, or justifiable abhorrence. By implication, punishment, anger, indignation, vengeance, and wrath. I love this. How many of you think if you scold, <laughs> if you condemn, if you shake your finger at somebody, they will change? <laughs> but we do this to ourselves. We think in our natural thinking that the wrath of man will change us into what we want to be. He says that never works. <laughs> you don't get the righteousness of God from the wrath of man. God's word says that man's passion, excitement, anger, wrath, and punishment will not produce righteous living, will not produce the righteousness of God in our lives or in anybody else's life. But so far, that is exactly what we believe will bring forth change, both in ourselves and others. We tend to get mad at ourselves and others <laughs> when a sin or failure occurs. We punish ourselves and others with scolding and verbal condemnation. We try to shame ourselves, guilt ourselves, and others into doing what we think is right. <laughs> That's not change. You might get some behavior modification, but you won't get any true transformation. God says it doesn't work, that it can't bring forth transformation. It can't bring forth righteousness in us and through us. Jesus and the truth of his finished work in us is the only thing that brings forth true transformation. When the Holy Spirit turns on the light of who we really are, and all that we possess, that's when change begins. When we begin to realize that Jesus has really already made us completely righteous, apart from our own goodness, and completely complete in our spirit. That's when we give up on our self-effort programs. And we simply receive the grace and truth of God. His absolutely free, loving kindness, and his divine influence upon our heart, our mind, will, and emotions. James verse 21. Wherefore, which means through which. I never caught this before. <laughs> through which, through which what? The righteousness of God. <laughs> we lay apart all filthiness, which simply refers to that which is immoral. 
and the superfluity of naughtiness. I never would have guessed what this means. <laughs> it refers to the viciousness of wanting to hurt and do harm. He says the righteousness of God in us will call us to lay upon that which is immoral and that desire. What about the wrath? The wrath of man? What does the wrath of man want to do? Hurt, harm, scold, condemn? <laughs> Through the righteousness of God. That's how we change these exterior behaviors. Because man wants to punish sin when Jesus has already taken all the punishment for our sin. So, and then we, what we do, we receive with meekness the humility, the implanted, engrafted word. This is not the word nomos, which means law. It is the word logos. We receive the implanted communication of God to us, which is able to save. The word there is sozo. Save, heal, deliver, protect, make whole your souls, not your spirit. He's not trying to change who we are. Does God want to change things in our life? Absolutely. But he doesn't do it by us helping him do it. <laughs> it comes through him doing it in us. He changes our soul, our mind, will, and emotion. And then the Holy Spirit works through. Works through. He is able to come forth. When the truth of who he is and what we have comes to maturity, it comes right through our heart, our mind, will, and emotions. Most of us, when we have a scripture, it's something we know unless God has given it to us. Don't we have some favorite scriptures? Why are they favorite? Because the Holy Spirit ministered to us. It became real. It became life to us. It was God speaking directly to us. That's what changes our soul, which then allows the Holy Spirit and his power to come through us. James refers to believers being born again through the Logos of God in verse 18. That's also how we know he's not talking about our spirit. God's not trying to change who we are. He's trying to change the picture of ourselves, of who we are. Verse 18, speaking of God the Father, of his own will beget he us through the word of truth. He's talking about being born again. So we are born again of God in our spirit, but our mind, will, and emotions still need the seed of God's word to turn on the lights to who and what we really are. James continues in verse 22. But... Be ye doers of the word. Be ye doers of the Logos, the communication of God to us. Be doers of the Logos and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. In other words, to be a user of the word. Remember, Jesus said, whatever measure you use will be measured back to you again and more. You have to use the word. You have to use the communication of God. For what? against the bad pictures. <laughs> we have to use the logos of God, the communication of God, to change the bad pictures we have in our head. Again, Mark chapter 4, verse 24 says, Pay attention to what you hear. With the measure you use, it will be measured to you, and still more will be added to you. So those who are deceived are those who hear, but don't plant. They don't water. They don't give sun, S-O-N, light to their seed. They say, I hear, I know the truth, there's nothing else I need to do. He says, you're deceiving yourself. That's not how the kingdom works. <laughs> Verse 23. For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. He's talking about looking in a mirror. For he beholdeth himself and goeth his way and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. The implication is that when we look at ourselves only in a natural way, we can forget what the Word of God says about who we really are. Verse 25. 
But whosoever looketh into the perfect law of liberty, not the law of Moses, lots of good things to learn, not our covenant, but the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. Because where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty and freedom. And he says, and you have to continue therein. He being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work. I thought this was weird. <laughs> he starts out with be a doer of the word, and then suddenly it turns into be a doer of the work. This man shall be blessed in his deed. What deed? What work? Continuing to look into the truth of who we are and all that Jesus has done to us is work. <laughs> the word of God doesn't jump into you when you're not looking. <laughs> if we want a word from God that will change us, we have to spend time with God in the word. It takes time and effort to sow seed, the seed of the word of God into our hearts. But he who receives truth and light will be given more truth and light. The more revelation we have, the more faith we will walk in. And the more faith we walk in, the more we will produce the works that come from faith in God. 2 Corinthians 3.17 says, Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty, not slavery. God doesn't demand works from us. <laughs> he wants to do works through us. But too many believers don't actually believe that he can do his works through them because they don't see themselves the way God sees them. 2 Corinthians 3.18 continues, But we all, who? All all believers, with open face, beholding as in a glass or a mirror, the glory of the Lord, are changed into the same image of glory to glory. Where? Not in our spirit. He's already done. <laughs> in our mind, will, and emotions, and then into our lives. We are changed into the same image. The image on the inside changes, and we begin to realize how glorious we are, how glorious our Jesus is, and how he changes us from the inside out. God changes our pictures of him and of ourselves through the truth of the gospel, the new covenant of grace. The more we see and understand how good and gracious our Heavenly Father is and how completely new he really has made us in our spirit, the more of these truths will be reflected in our lives. We are changed outwardly into the image of Jesus as the Holy Spirit reveals to us the reality and truth that we already are like Jesus. Our outside works will automatically and spontaneously begin to change and become the works of God through us. So what does our spirit man look like? Yeah, I think most of us have seen on TV or in a movie somebody who dies and their spirit man raises up out of them and they look exactly like the guy who's laying on the floor. That's the problem with this. We think that's the truth. That when we rise up out of this physical house, that we're going to look exactly like we did on earth. He's like, uh-uh, that's not who you are. That's just your house. You can change your house. How? By looking at who you already are. See, what does a perfect picture of you look like? You're perfect in your spirit. You look like Jesus, but you also look like you. What does a perfect you in Jesus look like? Does it look healthy? Is there any sickness in Jesus? Any disease in Jesus? Okay, then we have the wrong picture. We need Jesus to change our picture. Is he holy? Is he set apart unto God? Hmm, what do I look like? 
Set apart unto God. That's what I'm supposed to look like. I don't go to my outside to see who I am. I don't go to my actions to see if I'm saved. I go to the truth of what Jesus has done and who he is inside of me. The son of God, the resurrected Christ, lives in me in full power and authority. And because I don't have the right kind of picture, I don't walk in that. I think I'm what I see on the outside. That's why we need him to change the picture that we are him and he is us. He looks like me. He talks like me. I look like him. I talk like him. I got to change my picture. If I change my picture, I will change my life. No, I won't. Jesus will. (laughs) How do I get? How do I get my body to believe it's healed? Let Jesus change the picture that I already am. I am what he says I am. I am the weight he says I am. I am the wealthy he says I am. I am the happy that he says I am. I am everything he is, only I'm also me. We are not what we see on TV. We look like Jesus. We are perfect in our spirit. And the more we embrace this perfection, wow, (laughs) it grows. First a blade, then a stalk, and then the ear. He does it in us. It's all about him. According to the word of God, our inside really does look a whole lot better than the outside (laughs) because our spirit man does really look like Jesus. In 1 John 4, 16 and 17, it says this, We have known and believed the love of God, the love that God hath to us. Oh, so important. So important. Changes everything. God is love. What? God is love? What does that make me? It makes me love too. See, that's who I am. That's who I am. I am love. If I believe I am love, what will I do? I will do love. He that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God, and God in him. Herein is our love made perfect or complete, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we when we get to heaven. No. That's usually what we think. When I get to heaven, I'll be perfect. No, we already are. And the truth is we're already seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so we are already in heaven, so we don't have to wait. (laughs) The reality of who we are in Christ. But how is it that we are just like him? You see, if you look at my outside, you may not come to the same conclusion that I am who I am in Christ. You may see me when I fall. You may see me when I'm failing. You may see me when I'm sick. You may see me when I'm poor. But, the word of God, the power of God inside of me will change all of that if I will give him my time and let him so be a good farmer in me and change my pictures. We are not just forgiven sinners. Forever I thought I was a forgiven sinner. We're not. We're not forgiven sinners. We have been transformed into saints who are dearly loved of their Father. Second Corinthians five fourteen and 15 say this, For the love of God constraineth us, compels us. The love in his makes us do stuff. (laughs) Because we thus judge that if one died for all, then we're all dead. And that he died for all. That they which live should henceforth not live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. Continues in 16. Wherefore, henceforth we know no man after the flesh. Henceforth we know no man after the flesh. What do we do all the time? We know people after the flesh. We look at them and go, oh, I know who you are. No, Christ lives in them too. We understand this in reference to other people, but we're not supposed to know ourselves after the flesh either. We don't look at what we've done wrong and say, that's who I am. 
No, we look to Jesus because the only way we will ever change the outside is if we embrace the reality that's inside. So, no more do we know a man after the flesh. Yea, though we have known Christ after the flesh, yet henceforth we know him no more. They know him by the Spirit now, not by the flesh. They actually saw him and touched him. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things are new. All things? When I was first saved as a young adult, I said, all things? All things? What all things? What all things changed? All things in my spirit? All things about who I was and what his plans were? Everything in me changed. But I didn't know it. I thought I looked exactly the same. On the outside, I did look exactly the same. But on the inside, everything about me changed. Everything became like Christ. I just didn't have the revelation yet that that was the truth. I love this truth. We died. Jesus killed us off. I love this truth. I thought he just forgave me in the state I was. But no, what he did was when he died, he stuck me in there with him. He says, I'm going to die away all your sin. I'm going to die away all your curse. I'm going to die away all the stuff that hurts you. And I'm going to raise you to new life and you're going to look just like me. You're going to be just like me. The real you. You're going to be love so that you can be love to everybody else. We are no longer sinners. We are sons of God. What we were no longer exists. You see, I didn't know that. I thought I was transforming myself so that someday I would be like Jesus. That is futile. In your own effort, you will never be like Jesus. And we don't have to do it that way because he's already given us everything. He's given us his righteousness. He's given us his power and authority. He's made us love. We are one spirit with love. It's who we are. And when we love, we change the world. That's the way he designed it. God no longer counts our sins against us because our sins were counted against Jesus. All of them. Everything changed for us. Jesus died away our sinful nature and he gave us his very own nature of love. God is agape love. And we are one spirit with agape love. His kind of love. The love that loves the sinner. The love that loves the man in the gutter. The love that loves the man in the penthouse. The love that loves the hooker. The love that loves the drug addict. You see, we can't love people everywhere, everywhere in our own strength. So he made us love so that we could be love to others. Jesus died away the curse of the law, which included sickness, disease, poverty, grief, and sorrows. And he gave us his wealthy, healthy, happy, prosperous, joyful life on the inside. Now, if this is true, and it is, why do our lives sometimes look the way they do? Why aren't they perfect? We are. Why isn't our life perfect? <laughs> well, the truth is, we do have an enemy of our soul, our mind, will, and emotions. He's not the enemy of our spirit. <laughs> That's just ridiculous. <laughs> There's no way he can win in the spirit. But he can if he can get you to believe his pictures. We live in a fallen world that works against us in the natural. But really, the biggest hindrance to walking in all the benefits of our salvation is the pictures we have in our head. We see ourselves as sick instead of seeing ourselves as dead to sickness. We died to sickness. That's the spiritual reality. We have to change the picture that, no, I am not what I see. I am what he says. We have died to sickness and disease in Christ. But if we don't let him change the internal picture that that is the truth and the reality, it will be hard to change the outside. You see, we see ourselves as trapped by stuff like food and cigarettes and alcohol and anger and depression and loneliness and fear. These will be the reality of our experience 
until we let God change the internal picture of who we are. We died to the slavery of stuff. We died to it. Whatever you struggle with, if you struggle with food or alcohol or cigarettes or anything else, what we say is, I'm working on changing myself. It's backwards. It's hard, too. <laughs> but when I realize, wait a minute, when God opens my mind and says, I am free from that slavery, that stuff isn't my boss. I don't have to give in to pizza. I don't have to give in to cheesecake. I don't have to give in to alcohol. I don't have to give in to smoking. No, that's not who I am anymore. I am brand new in Christ Jesus, and I am free. I am free from all of that. And the more I embrace that truth, because that is the truth. We're not trying to make it true. When we embrace it, that it's true and that it's real, it starts to work because it's his truth in us working, changing us. That's the, how important this is. We have to understand who we already are, that it is a finished work and that we have truly everything we need in our spirit. But if we don't take time to plant the seed of God's truth into our hearts, our mind will and emotions, then it will be very difficult to fight the pictures that Satan will bring to you from this world. He will bring pictures of you dying. He'll bring pictures of you being in prison. He'll bring pictures of you of never being free from what entangles you. You see, he tells us we're in prison, and we're not. But if we believe that's the truth, then that's the truth we will live. Changing what we believe about ourselves doesn't happen overnight. I wish it did. Sometimes it does. In a moment, you, God says a word, you see it, you get it, and poof, instant growth. But not usually. <laughs> the truth is the only way to change our outside is to plant the seed of God's word on the inside. We can plant it in our good dirt because our good dirt works really well with Jesus. <laughs> Keep using that word against the pictures that the enemy sends us until it comes to maturity and brings forth the fruit of the changes we desire to see in our lives. In the beginning of this message, I said that believers often see themselves as unworthy, unloved, undelivered, unhealed, unprosperous, unacceptable, unforgiven, alone, abandoned, and without strength, without faith, and without hope, and sometimes even without God. That is a very sad reality. So much of that is in our head. We have been taught by the world that you're all alone. We have been taught by the world you are what you can accomplish. So much of what the world says. You know what they always tell us? They tell us what we're on. We're unloved, unforgiven, unhelped, unstrengthened, un, 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 un. <laughs> it's not true. We have received everything we need in Christ Jesus through the knowledge of Christ Jesus. We have to let him change the pictures. There's so many bad ones in our head. These bad pictures do not reflect the truth of who God is or who we are in Christ. And only truth, light, and understanding of the Word of God can renew those pictures and make them what they should be, what they really are. My challenge for you this morning is, is what do I look like? What do I look like in the Spirit? How old am I? Do I see myself as old or do I see myself as young? Jesus is eternally 33 years old. <laughs> what do I look like? Does my picture of me see myself as healthy, wealthy, and wise? or half sick and nearly dead. <laughs> what is your picture? Because only Jesus in us can change that picture, and he has to change the picture in order to change our lives. It's only when we receive the truth and the light that those revelations of who he is in us can start impacting who we are on the outside of us. What you see is not what you get. What I know to be true is what I get.
Amen. Father God, I thank you that your word is true. Because when we see Jesus, we see who we are. It's not, I'm going to be like Jesus, but I already am. I just have to change the pictures in my mind. So cooperate with what is really real. What's really real is who you say I am. You say that when I don't feel loved, I am. You say that when I feel weak, I am strong. You say. Father God, help us to take the you says of your word and let you make them real to us. Sow your seed in us. Turn on the light for us. Pour on the Holy Spirit rain on us. Grow us up into who we really are. Let us understand and know how pleased you are with who we are. And you are the only one that can change what we do. We're practically powerless to change anything. Real change comes from you. And we thank you, Father God, that we're not trying to become we already are. And as we embrace the already are truths of your word, they'll begin to show up on the outside of our life. Father, we thank you. We ask that you plant this word deep. Plant this word deep. Remind us, remind us, remind us, Holy Spirit, to let you turn on the light of your word and of your communication because it changes our outside. We thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen.